Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Diving into physiology, neuroscience and linguistic programming so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money or make a real difference to people's lives. Tune in weekly if you care more than others. Think wisely as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe and receive our free newsletter and other goodies. Here is your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello, my name is John Cassidy Rice. I had the pleasure to be your host for this podcast. And in our series of looking at how people use an NLP in everyday life and in work, uh, I have Kim with me. Hi, Kim. Hello. How are you, John? Excellent. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your background, Kim, so that we get an idea of where you're coming from and what you're doing now. Yeah, so um, my background's been quite varied, but uh, about uh, 1998, I decided I wanted to do um, therapy type work. So did various training in counselling and then um, coaching before discovering NLP in a big way and then moving on to hypnotherapy. So I now see clients um, calling it therapeutic coaching, if you like, because yes, I'm merging yeah. the whole lot together because one, one modality is great but all three is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, I happily agree with that. And and I know you used to work in the corporate, so it's quite a shift in what you're doing. Yes, um, indeed. I I worked for Vodafone until um, probably uh, two, three months ago as a program manager in um, installing IT networks and upgrading call centers and whatever. Um, And it was was a very demanding role, but it, it it wasn't making my heart sing anymore. So it was time to move back to what I really wanted to do. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And you're seeing people on a one-to-one basis and uh, you've written a book and everything. Yes. Um, so my plan is to um, roll out a program um, for people to come and experience exactly what the sorts of things that I'm covering in my book. So I'm taking them from a place of overwhelm which I've done really well in my past (laughs) um uh, stress and anxiety through to a point where they've got more control over their lives they're feeling easier in their lives and feeling better and I think that's where my book midlife is not a crisis comes in because I've put into that book the steps that I take my clients through so anybody who gets that book will actually um have some of the tools and techniques that I use because I think we, we need to be aware that we're not only working in the uh, mindset, the, the way we think, but the emotional stuff, yes. the physical stuff. And for those who are um, interested in that, the spiritual stuff. And I think that's why NLP has been so strong because it covers pretty much most of those areas. Yes. And I think they're very complementary skills, aren't they? The coaching, the hypnosis, the NLP, they all work together. There's not as though they're kind of separate disciplines. No, no, they, uh, and it, it was really quite, um, quite an eye opener for me because the counseling is very much based in the past. Um, yeah. and then when you do the coaching, it's very much about the future. Um, 
the hypnosis and the NLP is very much about in the now, making that transition between the two yes. and, and bringing it all together. So that was quite a powerful learning for me, I think. Excellent. Beginning to realise that actually I could, I could take my clients anywhere in time and help them do whatever it is that they needed most. And have you got some examples of helping your clients using this wonderful mix of tools you have? Yes. Um, so I had one client. Um, uh, she was um, suffering extreme OCD and uh, anxiety. And a lot of it stemmed from when she was very young. Um, and she'd come to me saying it was tennis. She was having anxiety attacks and panic attacks on the tennis court. Okay. But actually... It wasn't the tennis, because once we started to get through to the real root of what was the problem, it started much, much younger. So we did a lot of um, timeline and visualization. So I'd take her back and we get a picture of the younger her that had the issue. Um, I would use some of the techniques that we use, the submodalities, which is about getting in touch with the kinesthetic and the, the, um, the visual and the auditory colors and all the different elements within that to really get a sense of what she was experiencing that and then um and then changing them yeah and by changing just what she was feeling in that moment what she was seeing and what she was hearing you changed what was going on and you almost break the pattern that's stored in our neurology so she couldn't access it quite so easily still knew it happened because you don't erase memories for those, those who are worried about it. You don't erase memories. You yeah. change them so they don't have the emotional power that they had before. So we did a lot of work around that. Um, and one of the other things I loved doing um, was a form of what, what NLP is called anchoring. But it's about future pacing the client. And I love that. I love this bit of the work because they tell me what they want and I take them out while they're in a trance-like state, into their future, so six weeks or three months, having made the changes and knowing what they want, and start to embody it. Excellent. Well, and that was a lot we covered in a short period there. So, sorry, yes, I'm yeah, sorry. absolutely. <laughs> so there's a flow of technique. So, so just to bring you back a little bit about that, because one of the things that you highlighted is often your clients will come to you with a presenting problem, yeah. um, and then they start to trust you, and they reveal sort of deeper, deeper issues. Would that be true? That would be true. So Some how people... do you go around building that trust up, Kim? What, what... Right. So that's very much something I learned very early on in, in counselling. Trust is, uh, is something that people give you can't expect. And to do that, you have to um, – I, I, it's almost being um, – What's the word I'm looking for? It's being your core self and, um, and tapping into what's going on for them. One of the things that I, I use a lot is looking for signals from the, the client, what's going on. And if it's appropriate, um, you know, reflecting that back to them. So very much language. Always reflect back the language that the client uses. It's their language. It's the thing that they're familiar with. So if they call themselves depressed then you use the word depressed right but so they, you're not rephrasing what they're saying so you're not saying something along the lines of i hear what you're saying and you're saying that you change the word you're using their exact words yes because once you start using their language they start to feel more comfortable and they can settle 
that little bit more. I think the other thing is just to be open, um, make sure that you're, you're, um, you're listening because then they feel more comfortable that they're, they're talking to you. Um, and it's, it's, um, they're feeling more comfortable with the way that they're talking and if you're just listening and you do sometimes reframe things if you don't understand them but using their language they start to really get get where you're coming from and you might just um i think they call it mirroring in nlp so you might just start to sit similarly to them so if they've got their legs crossed you might just cross your arms so nothing overtly um sort of you know mirroring them but something easy so they can just see that actually you're like me that's the aim yeah you're that's like important me. isn't it because when we first learn the matching and mirroring and the pacing within rapport building we tend to want to copy everything somebody does straight away yes no <laughs> <laughs> it's an instant way to break rapport <laughs> it is, yes. and, so, and so you start with language language is my thing yes, yes. Yes. And then you build in some of the body work within that sort of match and mirroring. And it sounds like you, you do some cr- what's called crossover mirroring. So that, like you said, you cross their legs, they cross their arms and those types of things. That's exactly it. Yes. And, and I think um, I do it so naturally anyway, even yeah. before NLP, because we do, when we find somebody we like, we immediately tune into them. It's like seeing a, um, a young couple who in, in, the, in the throes of the early stages of love you can see they pick the glasses up at the same time. Yeah. They, 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 they rub their faces at the same time. It's yeah. So it's a natural behavior. What we're doing is tapping into it in a more conscious way. Yes. And then it sounded like you move, once you establish that trust and you've explored some of the issues from the past, you bring them into the present using what we call the submodalities with the five senses. You kind of rooted them back into the five senses and then disrupted the pattern I- yes yeah I, I, I the the most of my sessions I would prefer a six but invariably with the hypnotherapy specifically they were ready to go after three or four so yes I mean to change the model a bit um but they they um they spend the first session recounting what's going on for them so I'm looking at those submodalities what are they how are they describing the event that caused them the issue well, you know, are they, are they visual? Are they kinesthetic? So getting all that tapped in and understanding what it is we might need to change that will help them the most. So once they're in the now, you can then also reframe what do they want instead? Because I can let it go, but I want to put something back. Um, I'm guessing you're also not using the, the language like kinesthetic. How how are you Uh, using the, um, the the submodalities because I, I know from experience, if you introduce the word submodalities or kinesthetic, you get a blank look from people. Yes. Um, you, you listen to what they're using. And if their language is talking about um, it's heavy, um, you know, I feel a lot of pressure. Um, it's, you know, I get really hot. And, you know, particularly when you're seeing blushing clients, that's one of the first things really get really hot and, uh, you know, I can just feel the temperature rising. So when you start to hear language like that, then um, you can you can then tap into that a little bit more. Interestingly, um, you know, when you've got a client in and in, into wherever you're going to look, sometimes there's still some kinesthetic, even though they've not mentioned it. So I like to cover all modalities. I just I just make sure that they're looking at fixing whatever it is, m- making it a different what are they hearing? Make that different. 
look at what they're feeling, make that difference. So even if they don't bring it up, I'm covering all aspects because when we imprint something of a significant nature, we imprint everything. Right. We imprint at a, at a, a brain level, a bodily level and an emotional chemical level. Yeah. So even if they don't feel it, I still say, just work with that. And if you could change it, what might that be? So you're inviting them because they may not have told me everything, John. No. Clients don't tell you everything. So I'm catering as much as I can for, you know, any eventuality that I may have missed. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Same with limiting beliefs, um, beliefs that we believe about ourselves. And some of them, are, you don't even realize they're there. You know, I'm not good enough. You, that might be the one they present me. Yes. I'm not the only one. No. So I invite the unconscious mind, which is where we work, you know, the, um, the part of us that keeps us living and ticking over. I invite it to just let go of any other beliefs that are linked to this or around this incident, whatever it is. So it's pretty powerful stuff. And I, and I, I can't say enough how powerful it can be when the client is open to it. Do you have a specific example where you've seen somebody uh, go through that and where they started and you, you saw that transformation? Um, yes, I, I saw um, a lady who, um, a very professional lady doing, um, you know, um, I think she was working in marketing and events. And um, she came specifically to deal with um, her social um, side of things she was brilliant at work could stand up in front of an audience and talk at home her social skills were really not good and she felt quite detached right. from her environment and we identified um three three or four events that um she had come up with and um, we we went back in time and we had a look at that and we did some work like i would normally do but it hadn't quite got it and I was like, mm, okay, well, let's go to the next event. And we went to the next one and did that. And actually what she did was brought up something else that was earlier. Yes. I said, okay, well, then let's go back to that and deal that. Quite intensive, I have to say. I wouldn't normally do that many. But it's, it, it was something she brought up. And one of the things that I like to think about myself as is flexible. So she brought me something my flexibility was to say, okay, let's work with that instead. And so we went back and cleared what it was. Excellent. And again, that sounds very much like as people start to trust you and they, they understand that you're there to help and you have the tools to help yeah. them, you're not fixing them. They're, yeah. they're just a kind of this guide. They trust you at a deeper level and other issues come up related to it. Yeah. And that flexibility is key. Yeah. Yes. And I, I find that uh, you're right, actually. You know, I get more the further into the sessions we go. Very often a client will present with one thing, but two or three sessions down, there's something else that comes out. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Or just, just as they're leaving the room. Oh, by the way, I don't know whether this is important. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. That oh, by the way moment. <laughs> Oh, by the way, moment. I love those moments. <laughs> yeah, fabulous, fabulous. Now, I know some people listen to this may be interested in starting their own practice up. And as you've already started and you've, you've got and you're seeing clients, what has been some of the, say, top two or three insights you've had from starting your own practice? 
specifically around the clients or just the practice? Let's go around the practice, maybe getting started and sort of, Mm -hmm. it's quite a step, quite a bold step to start your own business. It is. And I I was very fortunate um, when I started out. Uh, I think the first thing is to make sure that you've got a um, presence on social media, um, a web page maybe, I, I get mixed reports on web pages. I do have one. Yes. Um, so make sure you've got that. So if you're working, ready to launch out on your own, get all that set up before you go out because actually you can do that in your own time and start to get your name known. I think that's very important. Um, the other is the the whole setting up the actual business itself, the framework of it. Again, you could probably do this before you leave work that, so that you've got a booking system um, whatever that may look like, um, and that you have a way of, you know, communicating with them. So I'm very much going online using Zoom, whereas yes. before I was using my home. So I had to make sure that the environment was set up for clients to come in. So, yes. you know, it was all ready, basically. And then obviously, it's the marketing. It's so important, getting that out, um, that you're now ready to do what you're doing. And I, I, you know, I use networking quite a bit. Um, I get out there and meet people, not because they're my clients, but it's about making connections to say, this is what I'm doing. If you hear of anyone and guess what? You're using the NLP then. Yes. You are building rapport. You're understanding their language so that you can enhance that rapport faster. You'd still get it, but you're looking to get that faster. And people start to you know, build their trust in you so they feel ready to refer you on. So no expectations about getting clients instantly, if you do, fab, but it could take a little while. So get out there and start networking before you leave your job. Excellent. And what one thing would you have done differently now knowing what you know? Oh, <clears throat> I'd have given myself more time to set up. Yes. I got the social media in place, but I hadn't um, I hadn't worked on the program that I'm going to use, um, marketing the book. I would have I would have done more planning around marketing because that is it. It's not sales for those who are really worried about selling. It's not selling. People don't like to be sold to anymore, do they? No. So you market to them. You market to their pain points. You, you market to that and let them know what solution you've got for it. So, yeah, that's the thing that I think I could have done better and is now why I'm working on it. <laughs> Oh, excellent thank you Kim. <laughs> they're, they're nice little insights to have because when you're starting off you get so much advice from people who not even in the field that you're doing but they all tell you seem to know what you have to do yes yes they do and it's individual isn't it because not everybody's going to want to do all the social media just no. pick one just yes. pick one don't do them all because otherwise you'll be overwhelmed and i've done that too oh that's a second <laughs> learning yeah don't do them all. you'll never do them it's not sustainable yeah. <laughs> Pick one and stick with it. (laughs) If somebody wanted to contact you, Kim, how how would they go about doing that? What's the best way? Um, Well, I've got my website. That's a good starting point. That's www.kimsearl.co.uk. And um, there's my mobile number on there and my email address. So um, whichever whichever way they want to contact me, um, either by calls or by emails, being flexible there too. Oh, yeah. Excellent. And... um, you, you talked about uh, writing this book and it's now published. 
Um, it's going on Kindle in the next week. Um, oh, so it's going to be on Kindle. It'll be on Kindle, and then I'm looking at getting it published before Christmas. Yes. Ah, oh, fabulous! And so that's going to be available via Amazon and plus also your website. Yes, that is. In fact, your your listeners, if they want um, a a a, um, a version of the book now, they can have a free version, and I'll send you over the link for that so that they can download a free version before it goes out. Excellent, and we'll put a link just below the. Uh, on the webpage so yeah please do that kim you've been very generous with your insights and sharing your knowledge with us thank you ever so much oh thank you so much john and thank you to your listeners for listening to me thank you right. excellent so if you know anybody who would like to share their insights of how they've been using nlp please do contact me at john at nlpcourses.com and if you've got any questions please do let us know and i know kim would be happy to answer any questions and to assist you in any way she can. She's great like that. Absolutely. So until next week, have a fabulous week, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes, and make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter. This will ensure you're kept fully up to date on the latest in-depth NLP topics of interest. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistic programming and beyond.